0: Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that make me.
1: Let's
0: talk about sex. Let's talk do, about that. I like that. So we're starting this intimacy session and I am so excited. I um I was the one that wanted to do this intimacy session, and Chad absolutely hated the idea of it. He went into it kicking and screaming. Um, but I think he, <laughs> I, listen, I'm just going to preface this, and I'm going to always say the wrong things during this, during this podcast because I, I make it awkward and I make it fun. Chad's now, going to be the stick in the mud.
1: Why did I go into this? Uh, w- so we did this session at the marriage conference, right? And you're the one who said, I feel strongly that we need to offer a session on intimacy, I went into this thing kicking and screaming because, tell the listeners what you had in your head.
0: I wanted to talk about romance and dating and Mm -hmm. cuteness and cuddles.
1: I knew that's not what was going to happen.
0: I wanted to talk about sex. It was going to talk about sex,
1: (laughs) and so I felt like, oh, okay, that's going to be really embarrassing. But then it dawned on me, I'm completely blind. I don't have to look at people's facial expressions.
0: Let me tell you something. I don't, sh- I don't shine where I have to think things through. And I failed <laughs> to consider that.
1: So I got more comfortable talking about this issue and less awkward. And so, I got
0: more awkward and said all the wrong things.
1: And we didn't know how many couples would attend because this was a bonus session, right? Like it was just... Uh, you know, it was uh, up totally to people. optional. Yeah. Uh, yeah, completely optional. And we didn't know how many couples would actually come. I was kind of worried, like, how awkward would it be if only two couples showed up? But it, the room was packed. And obviously, this is such a critical, vital issue we also opened up a QA and had all kinds of questions and we tackle that and other podcasts in this series you can listen to that but I, I was thrilled with uh with the response that this session got
0: so why do we think that um this session is so awkward why do we think that this is such an uncomfortable subject to to tackle
2: well, for, before we get into that, I do want to say, um, Sadie, to your credit, and then Chad, also to your credit, and how you led the session, this was the most talked about session of the whole thing. From the feedback that I got, the couples that I talked to, they got the most value um, out of this session, which was, one was supposed to be awkward and two was supposed to be optional but like you said the room was packed and uh, the truth was great in the teaching and we had a good time and we made it funny and uh, we kept it lighthearted and uh, I I am very sure that a lot of marriages benefited from that particular session and our hope for this episode is that your marriage is also going to benefit from us just being honest and awkward and talking about sex. So
1: we're going to share some really amazing principles with you today but Sadie you bring up a great. Great point. Why is it so hard to talk about? Uh, one thing that I kept thinking in preparation for this session at the marriage conference is why is it that our spouse, who we are the most intimate with than anyone on the planet, and why is it so hard to have intimate conversations? Why is it awkward when we are to know that person and love that person, and be vulnerable with that person, and be intimate with that person more so than anyone on the planet. We truly are one flesh. So one of the themes of the marriage conference was oneness. And nothing brings oneness into a marriage like a healthy sex life. And one of the principles that we shared that that we'll go ahead and kick this Uh, podcast episode off with is God is far more comfortable with your sex life, I think, than even we are. And how do I know that? Because if you read the book of Song of Solomon, which is a remarkable book, it is by far the most uh, detailed, descriptive book of the entire Bible when it comes to sex, and it's actually it's pretty shocking the things that are in Song of Solomon.
0: It will make you blush. It
1: will make you blush. Most commentary writers agree. Most scholars agree that um, you know certainly there are allegories there. Certainly there. Are metaphors there. But no, the book is truly talking about sex. And Song of Solomon, if you read it carefully, it talks about oral sex. It talks about co-masturbation. It talks about sex outdoors, which I don't recommend. You could get arrested for that in our day. But it talks incredible language about a healthy sex life. And here's what amazes me. This, is, this really blows my mind, okay? God puts his stamp of approval on everything written in Song of Solomon. So God says in Song of Solomon, chapter five, verse one, it's the only time in the entire book that God speaks And Sadie, read for us what God says when it comes to uh, the descriptions, uh, the vivid descriptions in Song of Solomon.
0: It says, eat, friends, drink, and be drunk with love.
1: Wow. See, God puts his stamp of approval on everything within the marriage bed. And that's a little bit what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what does God uh, forbid and what does God condone what is permitted, what is not permitted within the marriage bed. And at the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you a biblical litmus test to know what is permissible and what is not permitted within our marriage bed.
0: So I think for wives and for husbands, sex is um, the same subject, but it is thought of two different ways for a wife sex comes out of a healthy relationship. So if she is feeling loved, if she is feeling confident, she, she has sex more frequently. But for a husband, sex leads to a healthy relationship. He needs sex more frequently. He needs that one-on-one intimacy more frequently that makes the relationship with his wife healthy.
1: So this is the problem because exactly what you said, for the wife, sex comes out of a healthy relationship. For a husband, sex leads to a healthy relationship. What that means is, again, we're polar opposites. Exactly what you said, Sadie. We, it, While it's the same subject, we view it differently. We feel about it differently. We approach it differently. So what the goal of this episode is, if wives are in a different place than what husbands are, on the same topic, the same subject... How do we get on the same page? How do we come together and understand each other and and fit in those biblical roles like we've talked about throughout this podcast series? I think the way to do that, the way to get on the same page together is, again, intimate conversations. See, here's the thing. We are uncomfortable with this topic, right? Even Even, even for a marriage that's been married for years, You blush, and it's shy, and and it's awkward. But see, here's the thing. You read Song of Solomon, God's comfortable talking about these things. And I think if we can understand the comfortability that God is with our sex life, then we can get comfortable with each other, and then that's when the communication is really going to open up. And that's how we get on the same page. So understand this principle first. Men, if you're frustrated sexually with your wife right now, here's what you need to understand. For the wife, sex comes out of a healthy relationship. If you're frustrated right now, it may be that your relationship is not as healthy as what it needs to be. Wives, if you are sexually frustrated right now with your husband's, Here's what you need to understand. For the husband, sex leads to a healthy relationship. See, we're on polar opposite ends here, and the goal is to come together. The goal is to move to the middle so that we can understand each other and so that we can fulfill each other and fulfill the needs that we all have. So then let's talk about The three levels of intimacy and in your marriage,
2: we want you to take stock in your marriage and and figure out where you are and um, start working towards improvement. So the three levels are back to back, shoulder to shoulder, and then face to face or as sometimes we like to say belly button to belly button. Mm -hmm.
0: So when we are not on the same ground of comfortability with each other as husbands and as wives, we start living as different people. Like Eric said, we start living as back to back. And um, Chad mentioned this in another podcast. When you are back to back, imagine Satan laying in between you laughing because you guys are living as complete strangers. You guys have no idea um, the emotional level each of you are on. And so you have completely lost intimacy with one another.
1: Mark and Grace Driscoll share this principle in their book, Real Marriage, which is so amazing. And, uh, yeah, a lot of marriages are growing apart. They're living like strangers, like you said, Sadie. They live as strangers, and they grow apart rather than growing together. If your marriage is back-to-back, if—and uh, if if, uh, and, and we all know what that is, right? We all know what it is to go to bed angry and to sleep back-to-back— what a dangerous place that is to live. What a hard thing that is when that becomes the norm in our marriage. Well, the next level of intimacy is when we are shoulder to shoulder. And what does that look like, Sadie, when we're shoulder to shoulder?
0: We're living as project managers. We are um, just going through life mundanely. Is doing that a task, word? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're just doing tasks together, right. we're not actually um creating intimacy with each other we're just roommates
1: yeah and there and there's always a bit of this i mean the kids have to be at their appointments and you know we have to pay our bills and we have to go to work and you know there're things that has to get done but if that's the if that's the if that's the norm if that's the if that's the level of intimacy that you're stuck in to where basically you're just project managers, basically you're just going through uh, the task of life together, then you're missing the true intimacy that God desires for you.
0: And then there's couples that are living face-to-face and belly button-to-belly button. These are couples that are growing together, and their relationship is maturing and growing deeper, and they are loving each other more and more day by day.
1: And here's the beautiful thing that God has designed in marriage. You know, so many marriages, the honeymoon has been over for a long time. But, you know, God has designed marriage to have such rich intimacy that the honeymoon should never be over. As a matter of fact, I was stunned when I heard this statistic because, uh, you know, Sadie, you and I have been married at the time of this recording about 12 years, okay? I'm amazed at what the last few years of our marriage has yielded. I mean, it's been, it has gotten better and better and better. And I was amazed at this statistic. I'd never heard this until prepping for the marriage conference. Do you know that studies show it takes nine to 14 years for a couple to really learn one another? And that's something else? Nine to 14 years to really grow comfortable together. So if your marriage is three years old and you're struggling, if your marriage is five years, if you're seven years into it, let, let me give you hope. It takes nine to 14 years to really get comfortable. And I think what leads to a great healthy sex life, what comes out of a great healthy sex life is the more comfortable you get with one another. Those intimate conversations. That's how you get to a place where the honeymoon never ends.
0: So we want you guys to to hit the goal of living face-to-face and belly button-to-belly button and being intimate with one another, but that doesn't always just mean sex. So you have to find creative ways and and do things in a way that leads to more intimacy. And so um, I've created a short list here for both men and women of ways to create intimacy and um, give the signals. So um, here, here's the men's list. Um, It's be romantic, find out what romance is her. A lot of Hallmark and um, Lifetime movies, they portray women as wanting flowers and candy. And that may be true for your wife, but that's not true for everybody. Um, so find out what romances her, what she finds romantic, um, take time for foreplay. Um, don't just jump right into having sex, really engage in being with each other and just take your time and go slow. It's not a race. Why are you laughing at me already?
1: No, (laughs) no, go on. This is good.
0: Okay. Now I'm awkward. (laughs) <laughs> another tip for men is make yourself attractive this should be a, a very silly point but it's it's an important one take a shower brush your teeth uh, dress up be attractive um,
1: put on cologne
0: put, put on cologne yeah those are attractive traits and qualities about a man right there um, and then this last one here is help your wife check off the to-do list I can't remember if we said it in a previous podcast, but like for Chad and I to to be um, romantically invested in one another at night, I have a to-do list uh, that I want to get checked off.
1: Takes forever. <laughs>
0: and it may seem like I'm putting it off, having the sex. The dishes. But
1: really,
0: would you quit
1: locking the door, do
0: those things and we can get busy quicker. (laughs) But that's my main point. We have women have this mental Mm -hmm. to do list that we want to get checked off before we can go into. Yeah.
1: So so let me say something right there. I read uh, Prepping for the Marriage Conference. I read uh, Dr. Les Parrott, who I love his work. I follow a lot of his books. He wrote a book called Crazy Good Sex, and it's for men. And it is, uh, how, how your wives think and how you should think. And, um, and, and that has always been like a frustration point is, uh, especially for, for men. And I felt it in, in our own marriage is he really explained for the wife, for her to enjoy things need to be in order. The doors, they need to be locked. She needs to feel safe. Uh, The dishes need to be put up. Uh, Those are are the way that a wife thinks. And because, again, we approach sex so differently. Men are just ready, right? I mean, just (laughs) one thing on the brain and one thing only. Whereas women will have 20 things on the brain before they get to that place, right? And he began to explain in the book, this is how your wife thinks. So if you want to get there quicker, help your wife. That never dawned on me one time. Uh, You know, I'm there feeling frustrated. Like, why is she putting this off? It's not that the wife is putting it off. It's that she's doing what's needed for her. uh, That opened my eyes big time.
0: It's like having your wife's brain is like a web browser with 20 different (laughs) tabs open. Help her close the tabs so you can be her only tab.
1: And a man's brain is like AOL, dial up. (laughs) and
2: i think even in the busyness of life and in the the routine of the week you have to create space for intimacy too you have to be intentional gotta have margin you gotta have margin and uh one of the most fun ways that we create space in our marriage is we have a we have a secret phrase um you know because a lot of times we're at church or doing small groups or different things and so like if you're in a small group setting um and you're hanging out with a bunch of your church friends you want to look at your wife and be like hey let's go you know no that's not appropriate in a lot of settings so but it's fun so this is sort of awkward for us a little bit but like chad and sadie they work together at our church and uh we're so in they,
0: hr a lot
2: <laughs> they get in trouble a lot <laughs> but um they have a code because they have you know four children and and sadie why don't you tell us what what that looks like for your guys this marriage? is
0: so weird considering we're doing it right now So Chad and I's magic phrase for creating intimacy and letting each other know that we want to to be together is let's record a podcast. So when we're at home, obviously our kids know they have to be quiet. They can't interrupt. The door is going to be shut and locked. Cause they will ruin the podcast and they absolutely would ruin the podcast if they came in. So while we've been at Eric's house recording podcast this week, it's been super awkward to say that. And, uh, another one of our pastors has called (laughs) and he's like, this is the human resources department. This is awkward.
2: And uh, when we were doing the intimacy, intimacy session, we were talking about like signals and things like that. And I can't remember who it was, but it was it was one of the guys just yelled out because we were asking other people, hey, what's your code? Just trying to get ideas. And this one guy was just like, get in the truck. <laughs> and we, I mean, we just died laughing. But I mean, it takes that. I mean, don't,
1: don't take the humor out of the romance too. It's important. Yeah. Well, and it's important because again, if, if you're a family that is busy, If you're a family that you have multiple kids, if you're a family like ours, that your kids just pile in your bed, which is great. We don't want to miss the season of life. But you also can't miss the marriage bed. You have to be intentional. And if that is putting a lock on the door, if that's coming up with, like like they're saying, a phrase, if that's saying, uh, whatever you have to do, if it's hiring babysitters, if it's getting out of town, if it's going on a trip alone, you have to protect your marriage bed. And we have said in other podcasts, but this is so important to say here, the greatest gift that you'll give your children is them to see a vibrant and a healthy marriage. For your children to grow up knowing that dad loves mom more than anything, that mom loves dad more than anything, that's the greatest gift that you'll give your children. And the fact is, our marriages so often, without the help of Christ, our marriages will be what we saw growing up as kids. So if you're not taking the time to be intimate, if you are getting the kids everywhere they need to go and kids are piled up in your bed and you know you, you got a crazy work schedule and you're always tired and you're always exhausted and you you are not intentionally carving out time for for the marriage bed, then in my view, you're out of line biblically. You're out of balance. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, let the marriage bed be in honorable. Let it be held in high regard. Protect your marriage bed because God desires to bless it.
0: I'm just going to say right here, that bed can be in any room of your house. (laughs) That bed can be in the bathroom. That bed can be in the living room on the couch. Just have sex wherever it is in the house.
1: And again, if you're a person, particularly if you are a Christ follower and you struggle with things like that, Remember Song of Solomon 5, one, God puts his stamp of approval on everything within the marriage bed.
0: Okay, so we went over the men's list. Now let's go over the women's list here. Uh, it was so funny as I was studying for this, it was like basically do whatever you did when you guys were dating. <laughs> and I added to that, but it, it's kind of true. So uh, go back to when you were dating flirt with him, smack him on the butt, tell him he's cute, laugh at his jokes, flirt with him, wink at him, just be into him. And then be into it, be into sex. It is an enjoyable thing, and they find that hot when you find it hot.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) And, And vice versa, when a woman speaks negatively of the marriage bed, Uh, Ladies, you just don't know what that does to the psyche of your husband. God has wired us. Uh, just so differently and if the the more as Sadie said the more that you are into it you don't know what it does for your husband you just don't know but be careful if if you're someone that you roll your eyes or if you're someone that you speak negative about the marriage bed or you know guard against that because you're doing great damage to your husband.
0: Yeah, and um, another thing that um, is in his psyche is initiating intimacy. When you put effort toward making him a priority and making your sex life a priority, that is such a huge turn on for him that just creates oneness together. Um, Another thing that will create oneness together is taking an interest in his interest. Be the cool girl, like football, like sports,
1: eat some wings, eat some wings. Very important, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Be take an interest in whatever mm. it is that he likes, and then, um, last on my list, and this is so important, and that is putting him before the kids. Oh, yes. um, making him a priority. Um, it's so easy. Again, we have four kids, so all four of those kids want and need me and love to snuggle, but um, I have to say. I need to talk to your daddy. That's right. I I need I need to be I need to be alone with your daddy. We need to get away for a minute.
1: We got episodes to record.
0: We've got episodes <laughs> to record.
1: They're gonna be
2: so disappointed when they try to go back and find all those podcast episodes and there's nothing there. Nope.
0: Yeah. So when you are putting him before the kids and you are um, taking interest in his interest. Yeah. And you're initiating those things are. Not only just creating a a good sex life, but it's creating oneness with you and your spouse.
1: And that's the key. That's the most important piece. And men, when your goal is oneness with your wife, then your sex life is going to be far more happier. It's going to be far more healthy. And you need to let your wife know that you want oneness with her. You need to let her know that of everyone in your life, she's the most important person. You need to let her know you crave that time. You crave that attention from her. Oh, how important it is. So, Chad, earlier we mentioned the litmus test for your marriage
2: and specifically for your marriage bed. So walk us through what is permissible. What, is, what
1: does God bless when it comes to the marriage bed? So there is a scripture that I think is very fitting. Um, Sadie, why don't you read uh, 1 Corinthians 6 for us? And uh, this is just a great biblical litmus test for what is permissible in the marriage bed and what is not permissible.
0: So 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything.
1: So this is the biblical test, okay? All things are lawful, not all things are beneficial, and uh, some things are mastering. In other words, some things are enslaving. So what Paul is saying, that word lawful can also say permitted. So what is permissible? Well, here are the three questions that you need to ask, because one of the important aspects of intimacy, one of the fun parts of intimacy, is learning what each person enjoys. I can't tell you how many couples have told me who struggle with intimacy that they believe only one position's permissible, the missionary position, that's absurd. That's not at all what Scripture teaches. <laughs> Read Song of Solomon. It doesn't teach that at all. And so, here are the three questions that you need to ask within your marriage bed. Number one is what uh, what what we desire to do is that lawful? Is it number two? Is it beneficial? Is it helpful? And number three, can it potentially become enslaving? Can it potentially master us? So if you pass those three biblical tests, then in my pastoral view, I think anything within the marriage bed, now that's the key right there, anything within the marriage bed is permissible in the eyes of God. Anything outside of the marriage bed, which obviously would include adultery, fornication, that would include cyber sex that would include pornography, that would include anything that is outside of the marriage bed. That is what is not permissible. But if it's within your marriage bed, I believe biblically, as long as it's lawful, as long as it's beneficial, and as long as it's not enslaving, then it's permissible.
0: So we're finding um, whether our um sex life and our intimacy is lawful and beneficial or enslaving to us. And we're finding that common ground to where we can find um, a healthy place in our marriage that that leads to more intimacy, that leads to more oneness together. So the honeymoon doesn't have to end and it can get better and better with time. Um, So I encourage you guys to um, find creative ways to grow together so you guys can live face-to-face and belly button-to-belly button.